Ooh, it's a lot chillier than it looked from the inside. It's a beautiful day. Skies are stark blue. It's, there's no air pollution anymore in the country because of the corona crisis. And nature is at its best. And I was sitting all morning in the sunroom. I have this fantastic, beautiful light room. It's completely glass, except for the ceiling. And uh, even early in the year when the sun shines, it gets really comfortable there. And there's a lot of light, which I love in the morning. I think I'm, I'm just very sensitive for, for sunlight. And it brightens my mood. It gives me energy. And I wanted to go out for a, for a short walk. Very close to the, to the rectory, of course, because we're not supposed to be outside much. So instead, I'm just going to walk around the church here. I have a nice garden on my left here and I'm now walking on a small path through the woods this is a, an old forest or it's tiny it's not really a forest it feels like a forest but it's actually a very, very small patch of land and a couple of decades ago um, they didn't know what to do with this uh, oh wait the gate is locked let me open this they were afraid that the um, the town would use this this patch of land for uh, for new buildings and the priest back then didn't want that to happen because uh, he liked his privacy I suppose so he asked parishioners to bring any tree that they had in their backyard could be very small could be any any type of tree and to plant it in this open piece of land uh, next to the rectory. And now many decades later, look at this tree. It's huge. It is massive. It's, a, you know, it's for, circumference is, uh, is at least uh, five people. <laughs> That's crazy. So some of these big trees have been here for, I don't know, 60, 70 years now. And it gives this uh, place a really... Uh, I don't know, it just feels like I live in the forest, even though it is just a small patch of land with uh, lots of trees. We see tons of daffodils here. Some of them are even past their prime. Others are still sprouting from the ground. And this small, this is a new tree. This must be a seedling or something like that. But it's the first time that, it, that I see it here. It's got these tiny, beautiful, light green leaves they're starting to appear. I'm not sure what type of tree this is, but we'll discover later. Um, so that's another thing, because this is mainly untouched land. Uh, there are new trees and new plants growing here all the time. It's relatively low maintenance. And I'm walking over the leaves here. This is all still the leaves from last fall. And this would be actually a great place also for a, for a procession park. And I've been, in better days, I, was, I, I floated the idea. Why don't we create something of a path? Because now I'm just walking over. Well, this looks like a path, but it is barely visible. Why don't we create something a, a little bit more uh, solid so that people, for instance, in a wheelchair could also go through this this small you know patch of land and I don't know create chapels here or maybe a, a way of the cross or or just make a procession park out of it look look at it there are so many trees that I can't even see the rectory anymore wow this is nice in the winter of course it's much more um, empty uh, but there are fortunately also quite a few trees here like um, what you call them uh, trees that just keep their leaves in the or their leaves their branches to stay green in the winter Christmas trees <laughs> so that kind of fills fills it up a little bit but in the summer this is going to be even better because then all these big trees will be full of leaves and it will be a very beautiful 
place. The only downside of this, and that's why I never go there in the summertime, it is swarming with, with mosquitoes. So you'll get bitten a lot. And here on my right is the graveyard, which is fortunately in this uh, location next to the church. Oh, I see some people actually on the graveyard and they're arranging um, one of the graves. There's, uh, the maintenance is often done by the people themselves. We've had two funerals, not corona-related as far as I know, past week on this location. And uh, there was a bit of a problem because in the church itself, which is now on my left, uh, we have created this kind of this, this set with with lights and uh, all sorts of wiring for the for the audio. Hello, this is the uh, a statuette of the Virgin Mary. It's our little Lourdes Grotto. Um, I hear the, I hear something electronic in my ear. There may be maybe related to some kind of antenna for the uh, for for a, a telephony. Maybe it's on one of these roofs. Here to my right is a, uh, a, a care home, a care center for uh, the elderly. Sometimes they have these antennas on the roof and creates this uh, buzz in, on, on you know, electronic equipment. So we, we installed this entire set for the live streams of our masses. And uh, it's been quite a work to set it all up and... I'm still not entirely happy with the way uh, we configured everything, and it's mostly limited to um, issues with the computer and trying to hook up the cameras and the audio to the computer in the right way. So I still haven't found a good solution for that yet, but it will do. Um, But because everything is uh, set up specifically for those masses, and we have a lot of them ahead of us for Holy Week and Easter, as you can imagine. Uh, we, we can't have uh, funerals in the church. And so we had to find, even though the people that died came from this village, we had to find other uh, churches and locations for the, the actual funeral service, which is also, in these times, extremely reduced. Um, I think churches are asked to keep the funerals uh, limited to like 20 minutes um, no mass no communion service uh, and only the close family can be present so I think the maximum is not 30 people and they have to all keep their distances so for a lot of these uh, uh, funerals that is a pretty dramatic change uh, which of course is uh, just adds to the sadness of the, those who are mourning because uh, funeral services are usually very important in in dealing with the the grief and also a, a way to express uh, your connection with the person that that died. Ah, some people standing here with bikes too close to my position. It's a bit tricky to keep my distance. We'll try. This is often the only way for people in the village to uh, keep connected and hear uh, about what's going on. If you don't have uh, your neighbors, etc., on your uh, WhatsApp lists or if you're not following them on social media, then just talking from, you know, either side of the street is the only way to to hear what's going on in your own neighborhood. I hope you all are doing well under the circumstances. Um, I'm sure that in where you live, uh, the same processes are happening where every week we get news about the situation not really improving that much. Sometimes the measures that have been taken are prolonged. I think that tonight... We will probably get an extension of the uh, very strict stay-at-home rules that were implemented. 
It's not a total lockdown. Thank goodness, I'm so glad. Otherwise, I couldn't even be walking here outside. But it is a near lockdown. Um, and uh, the police is fining people that are gathering, on, for instance, on beaches. Or um, they even closed entire nature reserves this past weekend because there were too many people that wanted to go for a stroll. Now, there's, it's not forbidden to take a stroll, but it is forbidden to be together with uh, more than three people, uh, even out in the open. And so in order to prevent any risks, they closed down some areas that are popular normally during the weekend. And in that respect, it is this kind of weather is not really conducive to good behavior because I don't know about you, but when the sun shines like this and you've been stuck inside for like 90% of the day, I just I start bouncing around like I need to get out. Sometimes in the morning, I just open a window just to have the feeling that there is a breach in the walls around my existence. <laughs> And so that is, uh, I'm, I'm so, so appreciative now of the freedom that we had before this whole crisis started. Um, uh, one of the things that I loved around this time in spring were these fantasy festivals. And there were multiple of, of them. Um, and this would be the perfect weather for something like that. I miss these gatherings where it's all about creativity hanging out, kind of forgetting about our day-to-day trouble. People dress up as their favorite fairy tale heroes. <laughs> and uh, just an overall good atmosphere. But all these events, of course, have been cancelled or postponed. And now I'm even starting to worry about uh, the later part of the year. So in August, there are also some of those events. Um, but will, will it be over in August? Will it be safe to go outside? Um, it is, it's very uncertain. And the best way, I think, to deal with it is to just take it day by day. That's, I think, also how a lot of the governments kind of approach things. They don't give us, like, all the details and all the measures um, for the next few months, even though maybe kind of in the back of their minds they know that this may last for another I don't know six months but it's probably the best thing psychologically to just build it up slowly get people used to the current situation and then just expand measures week by week almost that way you kind of gradually get into it walking underneath the highway here to the other kind of out in the open yeah some people are still training running or on their racing bikes I haven't done much running I did do a little bit of a a run the other day on the treadmill upstairs but I am kind of kicking myself a little bit not out of frustration or because I'm mad at myself but just to kind of to push myself to take better care of my health these first two three weeks were all about getting my ducks in a row (laughs) just how do I work from home what what how can I uh, adapt to this new situation and how can I continue the things that need to be done work-wise but that has also it's, it's also very draining this whole process of adjustment and so the area where that causes trouble is for me at least uh, food so I'm not really uh, taking much care of well I do still cook because I like to have a nice meal but I don't really watch the amount of food that I eat it's also much easier to grab a snack during the day because well I'm home and the fridge is not guarded by anyone (laughs) so that is risky um and also in terms of the motivation for physical exercise, of course, I, I, I had been training for a marathon that I should be running in a parallel universe uh, this upcoming Sunday. Um, 
And that was my big motivator to do these longer distances. Now that I am kind of on hold, uh, the best thing for me to do is to just train shorter distances. It's probably not the best thing to do, you know, I don't know, 20 mile runs every, every weekend. But the motivation is a little bit gone because who knows when I will run my next marathon. I didn't sign up for any other marathon. I think the the Rotterdam Marathon was moved to, was it to August or September? Maybe even October. So it's moved to the fall. So that gives me ample time to prepare. Actually, I'll probably, if I, this time, if I schedule things right, I'll be much better prepared than if I had to run it uh, this upcoming Sunday. But it is it still feels a little bit far away. So I had to push myself uh, yesterday, Sunday, the beginning of a new week, to really kind of put the brakes on all this uh, bad behavior. <laughs> also, another thing is uh, just the sleeping times. I know that I thrive when I go to bed you know, around midnight or maybe even before that and then wake up at 7 or 8 depending on the uh, the day. But I've, it's been all over the place lately. Sometimes I'm so tired that I'm in bed at 10 which is extremely early for me. Um, and then I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning I can't go back to sleep. Other times... I'm just staying up super late uh, watching Star Trek or a movie or I fall asleep while I'm watching TV and it's this constant change in the, t- uh, the amount of time that I sleep and also the, the, the hours that I go to bed that I, I, I'm like, okay, stop it. Let's just establish a, a, a routine here and fix the time that I go to bed and not... Yeah, and try to, to also make that as consistent as possible um, because it will give me more energy. And then uh, last but not least, I've also started to count my calories and reduce that to 1,500 calories per day um, because my new goal is going to be at my um, target weight at Pentecost. And I can totally do that. But it will mean that I have to lose about two pounds a week. Uh, And that is feasible. That is totally feasible, especially if I start running again. But it's still going to be requiring, hello, a lot of um, uh, focus. And I shouldn't let down my, my guard. Oh, I so love walking here. It's so beautiful. So I'm now outside of the town. I'm in the woods. This is where I used to train for this big walking event, which I've signed up again for this this year. Um, 50 kilometers a day this year. Last year I only did 40 kilometers a day. But I still had energy to spare. So I signed up for 50 kilometers a day for four days. And last year, this is the place where I loved walking because I can walk all the way to the east. So if you know the shape of the Netherlands, Amersfoort, where I live, or Hooglanderveen is actually a small town on the east side of, of the city. Um, that is smack in the middle of the country. And then if you go to the right, so to the east, it becomes very rural. So I'm surrounded here on my left by a, um, a f- small farm, uh, there's some trees that they're growing there on my right. This land has been plowed just recently. And uh, just a while ago, I smelled also that they're, uh, <laughs> they're uh, adding dung to the, <laughs> to the fields to, to fertilize them. Uh, but this one hasn't been treated yet, as far as I can smell. And I'm not sure what they're going to plant here. It's probably... Usually it's a mix, it's either one year it's going to be corn, and then the year after they have planted corn, they usually do potatoes. It has to do with, um, 
I'm not an expert, but from what I understand, the potatoes will kind of uh, loosen up the the ground, and that is very good for the kind of the nutrients and and for the bacterial life in the ground. And so it it refertilizes the ground in a certain way, gives it gives it more rest, and then uh, I'm avoiding this group of teenagers that are walking around too close to each other with their phones. Maybe they're playing, I don't know, Pokemon or something like that. <laughs> because that path over there is too small, so I couldn't keep my distance. Instead, I'm now walking through the woods here. And so now is the time to plant stuff, to... Things are starting to grow, and in a couple of months from now, it'll be summer. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, please, God, let it all be over by then. Let it all be over. <laughs> I will not take things for granted anymore. And that's kind of the the positive effect, maybe, of these months. I, we're starting to rediscover the things that are of true value. And it's not always what you think. <laughs> In a sense, I value... Um, meeting people which I'm, I'm normally pretty reclusive I'm a bit of an introvert so I don't mind being alone but there is always like if it's too much if I'm alone too often uh, and I don't see anyone and of course I'm during the day I'm constantly communicating but I'm using slack or I'm using skype or email but it's definitely a totally different experience than meeting in person and hanging out with friends I'm, I miss the board games. I so miss the board games. <laughs> I really... I would play the crappiest board game ever made just to play a board game instead of just, you know, sitting at my desk and... Uh, I'm not even really in a mood often for, for video games anymore because that too is still a pretty solitary experience. I'm, I'm kind of craving these fun afternoons where we'd discover a new board game and I would of course always kind of mess up and I never remember the rules and but it's just this the fun of playing this silly game where you're a pirate or a stormtrooper and you have to take on the the universe shall I go to the left or to the right let's see I'm getting hunger pangs <laughs> I don't know why it's almost lunchtime. Uh, so that's something I miss. Um, strangely enough, I also miss um, spare time. There is something about working from home that is very derailing when it comes to your perception of what is your time and what time it belongs to others. Uh, the fact that I have the editing computer in the sunroom and yesterday evening uh, we had a board meeting and I was sitting there at, at the computer in the in the sunroom that all of a sudden turns this place where I used to love to sit for just for reading a book or listening to music or just having breakfast and while browsing through the news on my iPad and all of a sudden it has turned into an office and so I'm also tempted uh, to, and not more than tempted. I'm lured into working uh, all the time. And not always with the same focus and intensity as normal when I'm at the office. But I'm still working on a daily basis now. And it just goes from the morning till the evening. Because you have no one to keep you accountable. There normally... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we were still at the office, usually around five, we get I get a message on Slack, and Inga and Martin, they tell me, oh, or, we're leaving, are you leaving too? And then I was like, oh gosh, it's already five o'clock, yes, I'm going home. This can wait until tomorrow. I don't have that social help anymore, so there's no one who tells me, hey, stop working now, go read a book, or go pray. And uh, it's... Well, one of the things that I hope that I can reestablish is that kind of uh, structure to my days. And maybe I should be much more strict in counting the hours that I actually work. 
so that I can still have that feeling that I have some time for myself. Uh, last week, I think I mentioned that in the previous episode of The Walk, I kind of had this meltdown where I was so bombarded with all sorts of obligations and things that people were asking me to do that I felt like there was no escape anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, there's always something ahead of me that I need to think about now. And for me, that is pretty bad. I'm, I love to improvise. I think it's also my strength. Um, uh, because I, I'm very good at associative thinking, so if I have to uh, preach or record a podcast or anything, I usually, I'm just in, in the moment. Uh, I make it up as I go, just like I do right now about while walking. But that, what that does is it, it helps me to, to enjoy the experience itself. There's no stress beforehand, like, oh, what am I going to preach about? What am I going to say? Um, usually I just need a few moments to put my thoughts in order. I get a, like an overall idea. This is what I want to talk about. And then the rest will f- I'll fill in the blanks as I go. Um, but when there is something that needs to be delivered, like, I don't know, uh, you have to do this interview at that time of the day, uh, two or three days from now, all the time beforehand, and I know that this is just me, uh, I, I feel unfree. I, I'm not careless anymore uh, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. I mean, uh, careless can have a negative connotation, but... I mean, I'm, I'm worried. I'm thinking about... And I think it's because I'm, I want to do a good job. Am I going to the left here or shall I turn right? Let me turn right here. Um, this is a big lane, beautiful lane. And I'm on both sides. There are trees. And in the summertime, this feels like I'm walking through uh, one of the corridors of the Jedi... Uh, the Jedi Temple, you know, where Yoda is floating behind Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know, some other, some other Jedi. That feels very majestic. Now it's still barren. There are no leaves on the trees yet. But this is going to be beautiful a couple, a couple of months from now. Um, and if you're also constantly readjusting and putting energy in kind of just do the daily stuff that normally you do by routine but not anymore uh, obligations like that appointments like that become at least for me very destructive to my inner peace so I've been approached several times now by journalists and I guess they're working from home too so they're looking for stories and they're like oh Father Roderick we would like to interview you about this and that or just this morning local newspaper we'd like to write an article about Easter and uh, what it means for people especially in these times of corona and uh, can I make an appointment with you my instinct is the first feeling that I have is like oh, leave me alone you know I just I'm still adjusting I don't want to have too much on my mind right now and especially I want to have time for kind of positive creative things that give me energy um, whereas, you know, an interview is still something that drains me from creativity that I could put elsewhere. Hey, I've never been to that part. Where am I? I don't know. I don't recognize this road. Interesting. So this is actually a nature reserve on the other side of the road. Uh, in the woods. But I don't... I can't tell in which direction I'm walking. I hear the highway, so that must be ahead of me. But I've never walked here. So why don't I do that now? Let's see, what is this called? It's the uh, uh, property of Hooverlaken. I'm free to walk and to bike on the roads and the paths between sunrise and sunset. Dogs have to be on a leash. All right, so this is probably uh, under some ownership of, you know, we've got several um, institutions in the Netherlands that uh, buy land and then just try to maintain it uh, and keep it free from buildings or industrial development. Uh, 
but they can also set the rules. So now I, I wait. I think there have been horses here. This may actually be a path also for horses because it's mostly sand. Um, it's a bit harder to walk on, but I can see the hoof prints of the of the of the horses. So anyway, I, I'm not sure. This is probably just something that is particular to me. Uh, but if I have too many appointments that require creative thinking, and I'm not in charge of those appointments, I get nervous and I get stressed, and uh, it's just not good for me. But then there is always also this thought of, well, maybe I should do that interview, and uh, not not in not as much as you know for to to. Uh, to miss an opportunity or I don't really mind that anymore. I'm, I'm not hunting after opportunities. I feel like I have ample opportunity in my life to get my message out. It's more like I want to help. Um, so usually for TV uh, stuff, TV interviews, I say no. I just, I can't handle it now. For the newspaper, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll just do it, but let's do it now. You know, let's get it over with so I can free my calendar, free my mind again, and maybe I should just not do it and just go in full hermit mode for a while. I don't know. It's hard. I'm not always... Normally, that's also an advantage of being at work and having colleagues, is you can just... Uh, I, I call it playing ping pong. It's probably not an expression in English, but it is, uh, it is in Dutch. You bounce around ideas. And so if I would be asked to do something like this, I would just go and talk with the team. And what do you think? What would you do? And not necessarily because they have very wise advice, but it's just for me also a way to kind of externalize what is worrying me. And, and that helps oftentimes for me to also decide what to do and what is good. Um, and me, people may sometimes push back. If I come up with an idea, they will say, well, have you thought of this or that? And then I... Or, or maybe they will just incentivize me and tell me, well, you should do that. That is a great occasion. And then I feel good about it because it's not just me versus whatever whatever challenge is awaiting me, if you see what I mean. I like to be kind of backed by a group of people that tell me, well, we've got your back. Just do this, we've got your back. That is kind of the, the thing that I'm missing too. That respect, it was good to have a board meeting yesterday because I'm so happy with the board that's currently running uh, Tridio. Uh, that they're very experienced, and so uh, they're also almost all of them somewhat older than I am, uh, and that I I really appreciate that. I don't always have to be the one who leads. There is something extremely comforting in knowing that other people are also leading the way and can solve problems that I have no experience with. So uh, our current board president, uh, Annette, she gave me a piece of advice, which was, I think, maybe one of the most important things that I needed to hear uh, about a year ago. Um, she asked me to list all the things that I was doing because I was constantly in these board meetings coming up with new ideas. Well, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And she forced me to write down um, everything that I was already involved in. The podcast, the TV shows, the whatever, parish obligations, etc. And, and then quantify it. How much time? And then slightly add to that time, because I'm usually over-optimistic when it comes to the amount of time that something takes. And then we started to count the number of hours. And it was 60, 70 hours per week. And she said, and you're proposing new ideas to add to this? You should stop doing a whole bunch of stuff that you're currently doing to keep things balanced. Um, and then I, I, I remember that I had this conversation. I, I, I pushed back. I resisted. I was like, no, but this is so important and no one else does it. And I know how to do this. I have the, the means. to. Do, I feel a responsibility to do something here. And I'm very similar to how I'm feeling in these first few weeks of the, of the corona situation. I'm thinking, for instance, just a side little rabbit hole here. Um, I was thinking, uh, we're all streaming masses now. 
and I'm really happy to see how quickly my colleagues are mastering how to do this. It forces them to <laughs> get acquainted with YouTube and mobile phones and, and audio and video, etc. Um, but almost nothing is done for the children. And normally on every Sunday we have this special group of volunteers that will uh, take the youngest children, take care of them. It's not really a nursery type of thing, but uh, they will read the gospel in their, you know, kind of children's language, and they pray and they talk about it. And I felt that last week we're totally dropping the ball on families. We, we just expect everyone to be um, happy with just streaming a regular Mass. Um, but we're not thinking of the children. Hello. And could we come up with something that um, helps them also to con continue this process of learning about faith? So shouldn't I organize, I don't know, a Sunday service for, for children or do something with Lego? And so I had a gazillion ideas. But I remembered what Annette, so our board president, told me last year uh, when I pushed back. I said, well, but I, oftentimes I've, I feel, on the one hand, I feel this necessity to act and to do something. And I also feel the pressure and the doubt, like, can I pull this off? Actually, I don't want to pile up more on my plate. I, I really need my rest, etc. So I feel that there's part of me that is resisting and the other part is super eager to jump into new adventures. And she said, when in doubt, say no. When you doubt, say no. When there is this, when something in you says, well, but do you have the energy for that? Or let's say for an interview, for instance. Huh? Uh, like a, the other day, I was called by the, uh, the editor of, a, of a, a big talk show on TV, on national TV. Uh, if I would be their guest to talk about the role of relig religion in this current corona crisis. Um, and I immediately felt stress. I was like, sure, but I have so many other things that I'm still trying to solve. I was back then in the middle of uh, uh, reorganizing the, the, the production of the TV show. Um, my days were long and hard. And so I was like, ah, I feel that this is important, you know, to talk about this on TV. But, and then I said no. I said no because she taught me when there is something resisting in you and it's something when you're in doubt, say no. And it's not be to chicken out. It's not be to be lazy or to... I've always been the one who said the church should be on the forefront of communication and we should go and proclaim our message and not be afraid of the media and not shy away from our responsibility to partake in the uh, public debate. The question is actually is not whether we should do that or not, because I think it's very clear that we should. The question is, am I the one who should do that? And um, being a community, being a church, means everyone has a responsibility. Wow, I have really never been here. Look at that beautiful garden there. There are two houses and there's uh, two guys sitting there outside picnicking underneath a beautiful tulip tree that is in full bloom. Whoa. And I think this is part of their their road, their private road. So I climbed over a small fence in order to get here because I need to go back to the... <laughs> there is a, they, they created this uh, sound wall next to the... You can hear the sound, I think, of the highway. So to protect my village from the noise of this highway, they created this huge wall. That's great. The downside is there are only a few entrances through that wall and I have to walk all the way back to the one place where I can re-enter this uh, confined little village of mine. Ah, maybe I will just put up a table in the backyard and sit there for as long as the sun shines because I think that we're going to have... Well, we're not going to have this kind of beautiful weather later in the, in the week. 
um, I, I, I kind of want to live the Hobbit life in a certain way. I so wish I was in the Shire. But in a way, I already am. I live in a beautiful village. I have this nice backyard. So why don't I create a little space for myself? It's not that the parish is using any of these premises anytime soon. So, but it is, so it's this discernment and it helps me to have someone else tell me when you doubt, you get my permission because that's actually what I hear. Maybe it's not what she meant, but I, I hear, if you doubt, feel free to say no. We've got your back. And that helps me. That helps me tremendously. And, it, and always afterwards, I, I realize I've, that's the right thing to do. That's, that, that's how I keep my equilibrium that's how i can maintain a certain level of energy and and put it where it really counts there are hundreds of opportunities each day but there may be only one or two things that you're actually called to do and that for me is the kind of the paradigm shift in, in uh that and and those are actually survival skills that i can really use in these times of crisis Oh, now I see where I am. This is the bigger road, the kind of parallel road that goes to the uh, opening in the wall. And this is a small restaurant. It's called the Old Pepper Mill. I love that name. And uh, it's a bit of a... The logo is this, uh, this cart from the Wild West. It's a steakhouse, a bistro, and... I've never eaten here, but I hear it's very good. Unfortunately, like all restaurants, it is closed. The only thing what they have changed here, I may actually take a look here. It says we do takeaway. This restaurant never did takeaway. Now it says takeaway, spare ribs, burgers, and more. Wow. Would they have a list? And then they have uh, warning signs everywhere. Keep distance. So that everyone can continue to, en to enjoy the food for a long, long time. That sounds a little bit uh, gloomy. <laughs> so that we can live multiple years and eat. Uh, so they're open from Thursday to Sunday. Today is Tuesday. Huh. From Thursday to Sunday, from, fi from 5 to 8. Or takeaway, but I don't see a list. Now I'm not sure if spare ribs and burgers are the best thing to eat if you're trying to lose weight, but I don't see a list anywhere. This may be a good time to uh, support the local economy and check out this great food that they make. <laughs> oh boy, that's another thing. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but since I've been locked up like this, I'm uh, again m more, buying more stuff online. But that's kind of the only thing you can do because I don't go to stores. The only store that I go to is the supermarket. And even then I try to really go when there's almost no one in the store and I just hop in, hop out. But Amazon just opened uh, last month in the Netherlands. And uh, I'm, I've just been kind of looking around for good deals and little... It's totally the opposite of the minimalism that I always try to follow. But it just... I don't know. I'm just looking for, for some fun things to watch. So I just this morning got the Blu-ray box for almost the entire series of the X-Men, uh, which I've watched many years ago. Uh, this is like eight or ten movies for four bucks fifty. Four and a half euros. For the entire box, not per movie, but the entire box. Uh-oh. This car is doing a dangerous maneuver for some reason. What is he doing? Why doesn't he continue? Weird. People are weird. Anyway. Hmm. So, um, so I couldn't resist. I was like, wow, that is such a great bargain. And do I really need those movies? Nah. 
I, they're probably online somewhere on, on uh, Netflix or, or Prime Video. And it's not that I don't have anything to watch. I, there is just so much I'm catching up on now that I have a bit more time. Um, and then the, there was also this four-disc box. Um, I think that was also like five euros for the four Die Hard movies. I know there are five, but the fifth one, we don't mention it. Because it, it was a d disgrace. The fourth one wasn't very good either. But that was passable. I mean, it was still kind of a popcorn movie. The fifth one was just insanely bad. I've only watched it once and I know that I, I, I left the cinema. And I was like, this, this is, I'm never going to watch this movie again. This is just not Die Hard. So that came in. And there's something... I don't know, oops. Good grief. I've just got a heart attack. And this, this old lady passing me by on, the, on her bike and she, her wheel was hitting the, uh, uh, the gutter thing. <laughs> Maybe it's also because I'm wearing my earbuds and so it's amplifying the sound a little bit. It sounded like some, some, someone was throwing an axe towards me. Um, so, but there's something comforting in watching these older movies. And Die Hard, of course, that's ancient history for, for many, of, many of you, probably. I remember them uh, from when I was in seminary, probably, around that time. But, um, but it's, it, because these movies were so... It's like these 80s and 90s super optimistic movies in a certain way. The only problems in the world are like nasty bad guys, terrorists, usually pretty dumb. And then you've got one hero, this cop who is actually not supposed to be any good, uh, who's teaming up with another cop who is, like, a month away from his retirement, <laughs> and then together they beat the bad guys. And uh, it makes the world so, so easy to understand. Ah, uh, well. But I'm looking forward to rewatching Die Hard the next couple of days. And then there are some more, some more 4K movies that I ordered as well, just because I just... I don't know just want to do something fun maybe have something extra like a little uh, a little something to kind of break the monotony um, so yeah anyway looking forward to that but there too it's just like with snacks you gotta kind of be careful not to overdo it and start binging all sorts of unnecessary stuff and uh, oh one other thing that I that I ordered um and that is actually something that I know I'm going to use um, maybe for several hours per day, if I look at the, my current usage, uh, is a new iPad. So my current iPad is an iPad Air, first gen, and I bought it maybe five years ago when it was already a little bit older, so it got discounted. But the actual production date is seven years ago. Um, and I've always been amazed at how much these iPads hold up. Um, in a certain way, much more durable and a, a more durable investment than, than phones because with phones, it just, technology evolves so quickly. These iPads, well, it's just my iPad can do probably the same as most iPads uh, that are produced nowadays, at least for, for like 80% of what I use it for. But uh, as you know, Apple just came out with the new newer iPads and I've been coveting this... Uh, this bigger iPad for a while now, the 12.9-incher. And that is actually the only brand that has big iPads or big tablets. Uh, there are, I think, very good iPad alternatives for the smaller one, the 11-inch uh, iPad. So you've got Samsung actually has a, a, a couple of pretty good ones, very lightweight, um, very nicely done, especially if you just do a little bit of light browsing. Um, but there are no... Android uh, tablets that are as big as as Apple's 12.9 uh, tablets. The only other alternative, and I've also looked into that, is to get one of those um, uh, two-in-one laptops where you can completely flip the screen to the other side. You have the keyboard at the back and then you've got the screen. You can even get bigger sizes that way, so you can get like 13-inch or 15-inch even. But the thing is, of course... That is super heavy. That is something you, you cannot read with anymore. Whereas if I look at my iPad usage, 
it is my newspaper. It's my stack of magazines. It's, it's my media consumption. It's my comic book collection. I have the Marvel Unlimited app. And I've noticed that on my old iPad, um, it gives me a headache to read because my eyes are not getting any better. Um, and so the bigger the screen, actually, the, the, the more relaxed I am reading. So now I'm putting on these reading glasses, but that's annoying too. Um, so I was like, okay, the, the, this was another, like it, the new model that was discounted. It's like the, <clears throat> the uh, kind of the basic entry level uh, iPad 12.9. Um, and it was cheaper than the old version. So I was like, okay, well, let's just order it. <laughs> it's, a, it's expensive. And uh, in a way, there are many reasons why I can tell myself it's probably not the best thing to do uh, because it's so overpriced. But then I look at the way I use this iPad, this previous iPad, I use it like five or six hours per day. I carry it with me through the house all the time. I read everything on it. Um, so I do get a lot of mileage out of this iPad and it doesn't get any upgrades anymore. So that was also for me a reason to consider upgrading now and well there again there's just not a big screen alternative i'm back at my my rectory so i can't wait to check that out and if i get buyer's regret i can still send it back because it's amazon so it's a lot easier to send things back than if you buy it uh, in these smaller web stores all right it's half past one no wonder i'm getting hungry uh, this was fun. I really enjoyed walking. Hopefully, uh, you got something out of it as well. I just, ooh, I love this breeze here. This this nice spring breeze. I so pray that this whole crisis may soon be over. I know that that is maybe a futile prayer, but we'll have to to build patience. As long as I can, I will do these weekly walks with you. And hopefully we will not get a total lockdown. Hang in there, wherever you are and whatever your situation is. Let me know how you are doing through your comments. Uh, if you're a patron, let me know through patreon.com. And uh, stay healthy. Be careful for yourself and for your loved ones. Um, and... If it's hard, think about, uh, think about the people that are in much harsher situations and more, you know, more in, in pain than you are right now. That may help to relativize your own situation a little bit. And if that doesn't help, offer it up. That's what I try to do as well. It's hard, but what else can we do? Hey, take care. Have a great day, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>